You're listening to Industry Insights Podcast by New Talent Fashion. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Industry Insights Podcast. I'm your host Darren Adetossier and let me tell you guys, I am so excited for today's episode. So as you guys may or may not know if you've been following us on our social media, we are celebrating Sustainability Week here at New Talent Fashion. And so to coincide with that, we thought it was only right to have a guest on today who reflects sustainability and has a sustainable business herself. So today we're going to be joined by Jacqueline Brown, who is the mastermind behind Fashion Africa. And today we're gonna be talking about Africa Fashion Guide, which is an entire business created by Jacqueline that helps creative entrepreneurs start and build sustainable fashion businesses in Africa. It's been featured in the likes of Vogue, BBC, The Guardian. So whether you're a designer, brand, retailer, or creative entrepreneur with a heart to impact Africa whilst building a sustainable fashion business, Jacqueline basically acts as the link between making that happen and has a mission to open the African opportunity to you. So I'm personally really excited to speak with Jacqueline. On top of what she does, she has industry experience of over 20 years. So she literally knows fashion inside and out. And so today we're going to be having a really in-depth conversation about what exactly she does, how she links sustainability into it, and of course, a bit more about herself. So Jacqueline, a huge thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's such my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. So I feel like there's a lot to get into for today's episode. But before delving into all of the amazing stuff that you're currently doing right now, let's dive back a bit and start off with your interest in fashion, I guess. What sparked your interest into the fashion industry? Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) I've always been a creative. Yes. I've always been a creative and always loved uh, making things. That was just something that, I don't know, just as a child, I just have early memories of sewing things with hands, Mm. by hand, like with hand stitching um, and just getting bright coloured fabrics and making things for my toys and making things out of um, uh, um, cereal boxes, <laughs> making games and things like that. Yeah. Not clothing. <laughs> that would be interesting. But um, games and things like that as a child. And, um, yeah, you're just much more creative back then. You just, mm. just do it with your hand. So I just always loved it. But then when I was at school, I went down, or college really, I went down the route of doing art, maths and English. Mm. Um, I remember my maths teacher, she used to always want me to go down the maths route and I was you know, pretty good at it. Um, but then I just wanted to follow my my heart interest. And this was a, the, 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 the tough thing, mm. knowing that you could go down the maths route or you know, down economics or something like that, yeah. which is a solid job, yeah. so to speak. Um, or go down the art routes where there's a lot of unknowns and it could really go mm. the wrong way. Yes. Um, so I, I just said, you know, I'm going to take the risk. and yeah. go down the fashion route, yes. the arts, creatives, and I did that. Um, and then when I left uni um, in 2001, um, when I left my first degree, yeah. and I got into a job doing sportswear, and that's kind of how I ended up as a sportswear, swimwear designer, mm. because my first job um, was in sportswear and I just continued in that um I enjoyed it I enjoyed it it was it was tough it was hard going at times um but I enjoyed it and then you know since then I've just had a great career mm. with companies like Puma yeah CNA um I was living in Germany working for CNA I've lived in China um, working for small brands I've worked in Turkey as well for a supplier to the high street um in the UK and the US yeah um so I've had an international career and this it's been 
it's been challenging, but it's it's um, it's grown me. It's, it's led me to this. Yeah. So, um, building my company, Africa Fashion Guide, which is under the Fashion Africa, um, um, the company's banner. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited and, and thankful for my journey. Yeah. The highs and the lows has brought me to where I am today. Yeah. Well, let's hone in on the highs and the lows, actually, because so far I'm only hearing highs. I'm a recent fashion graduate myself and, you know, being international and traveling, it basically sounds like you're living the dream. So what were those lows then? And did they link with why you decided to leave? The highs, the highs were definitely the fact that within my fashion is a job where you get to travel. Yes. So I would be, you know, in Asia, go to Europe, you know, all the glam sides of things. Yeah. To go visit factories. But then these trips were really intense. So, you know, you'd be traveling around to multiple countries within a week or maximum, if you're lucky, 10 days. Mm. But generally it's fast, it's, it's getting go. I remember being in Hong Kong one of the companies and we're there until four in the morning negotiating (laughs) costs um, of products with the supplier Mm. and it was just crazy I was like is this for real (laughs) (laughs) it's not all glitz and glam (laughs) not so glam no but um, I mean traveling going to see new places I mean I remember going to Malaysia Singapore and thinking it's just beautiful and you know they're just going places in Europe like Amsterdam and Copenhagen or Copenhagen (laughs) Like it was, you know, you go to some cool cities and cool places, but um, you know, that's some of the highs and the amazing people, the creatives that I met. Oh my gosh, I've met some real talented people. That yeah. I'm just like, it's made me question my own creativity. <laughs> and like, these people are uber, uber talented. Yeah. Um, so that's been that's been a blessing, and working with some amazing brands as well and companies. Um, the lows have been the fact that I struggled to get um, promotion. Right. So I was. I've a designer level for many years and older scaling, you kind of want to move up and some companies would be like, we don't have positions for any more mm. seniors and then you try to move up into different companies and mm. then do the same things and that was frustrating me is that um, the ceiling, I was reaching my ceiling yeah. and I always talk about it in the sense of um, the image of Alice in Wonderland and, yeah. you know, outgrowing that, that house. Mm. Um, like her physical body just was too big for the space she was in. Mm. And I would see myself as this kind of Alice in, in, in fashion land. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you know, you can, you can just imagine it right now. Yeah. Right? And just, just feeling like I'm just reaching my capacity. Mm. I'm doing the same thing. It's great. I can keep it as an easy job. In, easy to say that I knew it. I was comfortable. I've been doing it for years. But I wanted more. I wanted, I just felt that I had more. And that's what led me to kind of explore some things I was interested in. I knew I had an interest in um, what is now called sustainable fashion or ethical Mm. fashion. But at the time, when I first was interested back in 2000, um, in my first degree, um, it never had that kind of title. Um, So I just knew that it was something to do with the planet, being environmentally focused and considered. But I didn't know what title it was. So... I saw an ethical fashion masters um, come out yeah. in 2009 um, and I decided to do that to kind of focus down and give myself something else to to consider and I, I, I was so grateful for, for Puma who at the time they you know had a particular focus um, within their business, their sustainable um, business team and um, they decided to, well they, they agreed um, to sponsor my master's and I would work four days and then go to school one day um, for two years. That's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, that kind of 
gave me something new. I could bring, you know, the insights that I was gaining from the course into my um, into my work as a designer and support the team. Um, and it was a great company to work. I really enjoyed my time there, so I didn't really mind that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, mean, I had to explore new things, and and so there's just the ceiling. Um, just no room to grow mm. um, or into higher positions was the biggest frustration for me. I can relate completely with what you're talking about um and I think that in situations like that it can be so easy for us as humans to just kind of give up and run away from that situation but obviously you didn't do that and so I'm really curious to know more about what made you decide to stay I can imagine lots of resilience came into play there so like what was that like Mm. it happened by default okay it happened by default I um, was seeing that, you know, I was feeling frustrated. Mm. Um, I was feeling frustrated, but I was also, um, I was always kind of, I guess I was always an entrepreneur mm. because from um, from my first degree and when I left uni, I started a, a bridal wear business. I was sewing for... Um, African weddings mostly, and, uh, Nigerian weddings. I was yeah. doing the, um, the Ashobi, I was doing uh, like the traditional outfits, traditional yes. outfits for the girls, um, um, who were the bridesmaids or friends of the bride. Mm. Um, so I was doing their outfits for the wedding, I was doing traditional, I was doing the white wedding dresses and the like traditional, I don't know, European bridesmaids dresses as well. Yeah. So I was in doing that as a business at the sideline was to make extra money I had to do the bet as you do well not all do but something yeah. coming out of uni um, and I just wanted to, to do something else and so I did that alongside working for companies okay every summer every winter I was yeah. doing that for about eight years wow if not longer so you People always ask me today but now I'm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole different different discussion. Yeah. So um, the resilience was um, from the point that I knew that I needed to, that I had more in me. Mm. Um, I'm a Christian as well, and I always believe that that we all have purpose in this life, and that um, God has a plan for us. And I just felt that I needed to be doing something which was lining up with uh, my purpose. Yeah. Uh, I'm not meant to just be. I don't want to say just because there's nothing wrong with um, working full time or anything like that. But I just felt that there was something else in me that I meant to be doing. Mm. And that could be why I was getting so frustrated in where I was at. Yeah. Because I wasn't walking in my full potential. Yeah. And my God purpose, as I call it. So, you know, um, when I did my master's, things just started to make more sense. Because I used to ask, why Africa? Why me in Africa? Mm. What is all that about me in African fashion? Nobody <laughs> really wants to talk about this stuff anyway. So why am I now going to be the person? Yeah to now be bringing this idea of African fashion and manufacturing to the industry. It's not really a thing, people. Mm. Um, but I pressed on and I just saw doors were opening, people were interested, curious. I became a name for that and started to build um, a legacy, I guess, yeah. in talking about that industry. And so after establishing that you wanted to do that, what were the next steps of setting it all up? Like, did you relocate to Africa? Were you already living there? Okay, so because of my degree, yes. I'm trying to think of the, the, the years now. I When I, I turned 30 during that time, I'm trying to remember what year, I forget how old I am sometimes. <laughs> I turned 30. <clears throat> I turned 30 during the degree and I decided that 
this was a time I was going to give myself you know, a few birthday holidays, celebrate as you do, and go into a new season, yeah. new chapter in my life. And I really want to go to Africa. I want to explore uh, my heritage. Mm. I want to connect with the continent. Um, my first place I want to go to outside of where I'd been, which was mostly North Africa, um, I, like Morocco, those, you know, that region. Yeah. I said that I want to go to Ghana. Mm. So um, I went on my first trip to um, Sub-Saharan Africa, I went to Ghana, and I just fell in love with the place, with the culture, with the music, with the fashion, of course, the textiles, the people, with just everything. I just felt that this this is it. This is what I've been, well, not even looking for, but this is just, this just makes sense. Like I've just come to a place that just makes sense. Mm. And so I decided to start my own brand um, and during my degree as part of the process of exploring the textile industry. So my master's was I looked at the African supply chain, focused a lot on the African cotton industry through to its manufacturing. So not so much about fashion shows and so forth, but more about building building brands and building production of, of you know, for fashion brands. So I explored that. So I you know I ventured out, you know, I did I created my own fashion line in Ghana and Kenya. Um, and I used organic cottons, I recycled materials as well. Um, as part of that, because it was an ethical fashion masters I was on, so of course yeah. I was going to be looking at a sustainable story. But then I decided to travel a lot. As soon as my degree finished, I got a contract um, with an Italian company, and they um, part of the the, um, the project that I was working or well, consulting for them on was to travel to a few African countries to deliver yeah. a you know a um, competition. Um, they, um, yeah, so I went out to a few countries and that kind of kick-started me really travelling around Africa. Um, and I just, every year I would go um, to multiple countries, meet suppliers, meet people, get to know people. Amazing. Um, always by myself, just meet people when I'm there and just build oh, wow. relationships. Yeah. So with regards to Africa then, and obviously all of the travelling that you're doing, what is it about Africa specifically that makes it so good for sustainable materials? Like, what is the process of sourcing them like? Is it easy? Is it difficult? Um, I feel like as a consumer, we have obviously become so much more aware of the importance of sustainable fabrics and materials when shopping, but they are usually at a higher price point. So with that in mind, I sometimes think, okay, or clearly it must be super difficult to obtain, but obviously you know all of the insides. So what is the whole sourcing issue like? I mean, things have changed so much right now. Um, when I was doing my masters, I really had to hunt. I was um, connected to quite a few ethical fashion organizations. So I would get uh, some insights through that. I went to every single event. Um, there's some trade shows. Um, I go international trade shows. I mean, mostly in Europe or Africa, um, to meet with you know manufacturers, to meet with um, textile suppliers. And here in the UK as well, there's a few events I'd go to. I would source that way. And I, I'm a researcher. I mean, I went on and I did a research degree, a masters recently, and um, because I love research, I love going out finding information and dissipating that you know through um, yeah through different types of research. Um, um, like ethno ethnography is one of mine, or focus groups and things like this. Yeah, um, it's more qualitative. But I, um, yeah, I think that you have to go out and go to events, or these kind of events, to find things. Um, you know, there are sales, um, Africa Africa Fashion Guides um, is a registered company, and through that we crew we've created um, a and launching very shortly our online sourcing platform. Amazing. And that is for people who want to specifically source African 
um, manufacturing and nice. textiles. So it's online B2B platform for that to make things easier. But I know that there have been others in like the ethical fashion scene mm. um, who have been doing similar things like this. And that has helped. But it wasn't easy. Now things have become much more easier. <laughs> yeah okay that's nice I can imagine yeah at the beginning it, it probably would have been a lot more difficult so let's actually go through the process then let's say I'm a designer I come up to you hi Jacqueline I want to set up my own business in Africa what are, what are the steps like where do we go from there okay um first of all I mean I'd, we get to know each other we have a call yeah so I'd get to know a little bit more about you your background what it is you're exactly trying to do um, and I'll ask you some quite hard questions, obviously, about your finance, about your time, yep. about your vision. Um, if, you know, all of them kind of weigh up, you, you can put the time in, you've got mm. a great vision, and you've got some finances to be able to do this. And I say that people think, oh, is it just because, you know, of my fees? Um, no, it's because to start a fashion business, you'll need money. Yeah. So, you know, and that's being realistic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you need to know that. And then we'd kind of be exploring um, kind of like different areas within that. We look at what type of business model you want to have. Mm. Um, so I have this formula that I use. Um, I have quite a few formulas, but the main one that I use, and um, the first thing I, 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 I ask people is, is about, you know, the kind of business model, what kind of fashion business you want to start, because there's so many different types. Mm. You just want to have an online store, you want your own brand, are you selling other people's products, like a marketplace, or you're doing made-to-measure. There's so many business models. So what, what kind of fashion brand do you want, fashion business? Um, and then we'll be looking at things like your product offer. What kind of product you make it? I don't know. Is it is it clothing? Is it footwear? Yeah. You know, we'll be looking at that and 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 what we're going to put together, um, and build a collection, a, a solid product offering from that. Mm. Then we'll be exploring you know, your sourcing, like where you want to be producing it from, where it would need to be produced from. Mm. Um, is there a good supply chain for that product? You yourself may be in Nigeria, you may decide you want to do it in Nigeria, but is Nigeria the best place for your business? Right. You know? Yeah. Do they have the supply chain? Do they have the suppliers? Do they have the, the textiles that you need in mm. manufacturing to complete your products? These are key questions. And lastly, you know, we work together on your, on your, on your um, sales and marketing so that you can actually have a brand that is put out there. Amazing. And the brand that can actually... Um, sell you know yeah. the worst thing to have is a fashion business that's existing but it can't do anything more than than that because yeah. you haven't you haven't set it up for scale and for sale they always talk about you have a business that is built for sale and built for scale yeah so um that's incredible. I love the fact that it has the final step of sales and marketing because I think a lot of the time people think, okay, let's think about this this amazing idea and this amazing brand, but then the strategy of actually how it's going to be publicized and how it's going to be marketed isn't really thought of. And then you find that you have some really brilliant companies and brands, but then they're just not getting the attention. So it's a real full circle package there. I love that. So let's talk a bit more about your clientele because obviously what I think is really cool about your business is the fact that you're really shining a spotlight on Africa so I'm curious to know are a lot of your clientele African or are a lot of them actually really multinational and diverse and they're interested in Africa it's fashion and textile industry with mm. an ethical perspective so that was always the remit of of what Africa fashion guide was, was built upon mm. back in 2011 when it officially launched yeah um, and, you know, of late, we've been focusing on what I call the four pillars, which is all about 
uh, made in Africa, sourced in Africa, build with Africa and trade with Africa. Um, so as long as your focus is on those two areas, that's all that matters. Mm. We get, um, especially we organise trips as well to African countries. And we've had people from Australia and New Zealand, like white um, um, Australians and um, Kiwis, well, Kiwis. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kiwis. Um, yeah, Carib- people in the Caribbean, people from Europe, uh, Denmark, France, Canada, um, Aruba, Japan, wow. Trinidad, um, who sign up for my trainings, who come on our trips, who do my, um, do my our membership club, um, and all who come to work with me one-to-one. And then as private clients, so I have um, corporate clients as well as, um, so my main, the, the main focus is SMEs. Yeah. The smaller businesses, um, that's where we get the majority of you know the work, but also do have a lot of one to one clients and um, corporate clients as well who I'll do like um, research projects for or I do moderating for them or you know come up you know sourcing for them, things like that. Yeah, and they're, they're from countries all over again, and so you wouldn't really. My main aim is as long as you fit into those rumors, you know, what you're doing is based on that. You're not just there to go in, take for Africa and go. Mm. But that's why the pillars will say sourced and made in, trade with and build with. The last two are even more important because it talks about the future Mm. focus. Yes. You know, so that's really, really important. Um, so it doesn't really matter you know, where you're coming from as long as you're thinking about those areas. Completely. And I think kind of just reflecting on how many amazing clients you have and all of the success that Fashion Africa and African Fashion Guide has brought to you. What advice do you have to some of the listeners who are interested in setting up things similar to what you're doing? Um, I mean, it's hard being a pioneer. Now I've seen more people popping up and doing similar things. Um, but it's hard being a pioneer and, you know, you can start thinking, but you're not always remembered for starting that thing. Um, mm. You know, um, so that can be a challenge. But I do say just stay focused on the vision um, of what you're trying to achieve because that's why you're doing what you're doing. Um, I would definitely say um, it's about building relationships because anybody can put out products and so forth, but you need to build relationships with people that's what I mean with with Africa and yeah. I say Africa is one right now because you need to be travel around visit places so that you you yourself are being you know you're validating yourself and um you know your business and who you are because you've gone out you've traveled you've seen it on the ground in different types of countries you can't just say okay I've done it because I know because I've done the business in, in Ghana or Nigeria. Yeah. You know, even though I did two countries in Nigeria and, and, and sorry, in Ghana and Kenya, to create my own line in the beginning of starting my business, I had to go out every year to different types of countries and I've been to you know quite a few now. Yeah. Quite a few African countries. I have to recount again. But um I've been to quite a few and everyone has its uniqueness and nothing can take that away. Having that knowledge on the ground knowledge mm. and experience gives you insights and relationships and yeah. Africa is really about what I've learned from traveling around Africa is it's really about relationships yeah that I can have people reach out to me offer me work or offer me um you know what to want to collaborate with me or things like that because we build a relationship they know me I know them yeah they've seen my work they've seen I've still been here so having that resilience to stay in the long term 
building those relationships and just holding down that vision because it's got, it will hold you through. And, you know, I've had things where I would say also um, <laughs> build your systems and your team early on. Yeah. Because uh, systems and your team, because um, these are things that can easily get messed up. Right. It's because your business is going to grow. Um, so you need your systems in place, your yeah. online systems, your ways of working. Um, yeah, you need all these things in place and having a team for people to be able to help you, support you to do um, to do this business. There's a, there's a book by um, Michael Gerber, The E-Myth. Okay. The E-Myth, I think that's the name of the book. And I believe it's that one. You know, I've got so many books sometimes. <laughs> but he speaks about, um, I'm sure it's that book. Um, I have to give the right one if, I, if it's wrong. But it speaks about, um, I think it's that building team, building your business and setting it up in a way that even if it's just you, you can recognise that, okay, it's just me right now, but I'm doing all these types of jobs. I am the e-commerce person, you know, customer service person, I yeah. am the social media person. And you write down all the things that you're doing in those roles, you know, content writing, blah, 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 and posting or whatever. Yeah. And then when you go to hire somebody, you know you've got a list of 20 actions that they need to do because you know what you've done, you've got your systems in place. So you create, even if it's just you, you create that and you have it in place so you can then go on and build your build your team. Oh, okay. I'm loving the sound of this book. I feel like I would personally benefit quite a lot from that. Um, but speaking of books, I feel like we've just learned so much from you, actually. Um, but unfortunately, this episode is coming to an end and I have loved speaking with you. But time is of the essence. That's the one thing with podcasts. I could literally sit and chat for ages, but... <laughs> time is of the essence um but Jacqueline going back to the theme of sustainability week here at New Talent Fashion uh what final notes can you end on to give advice for the consumer who's listening that is looking to be more sustainable because I feel like today as a designer or as a business we've got all those the tips but what can we do as individuals to make an impact you know what even though I am there helping people to start businesses I too also think we don't need to shop so much yeah, um, I agree. Unfortunately, the climate we're in has in, increased um, e-commerce and increased online shopping. I um, I say to people, think about what you're buying. Do you really need that? And mm. maybe just, there's a thing, there's a saying, I remember my mother saying, you buy cheap, you buy twice. And that's so true that you can just get something that is really cheap because you think, oh, I've got little five pounds and it's like a whole coat and everything. You're thinking like, wow. Yeah. But maybe that's made by really bad materials, acrylic-based material that's just going to be in the planet forever. And as they, as they say, some, somebody is paying. Somebody is paying. If you're not paying, somebody is paying with a lot of the supply chain. Yeah. Um, and and, and post-fashion. Post I was speaking to a designer called um, Jose Hendo. I did an interview with her for my YouTube channel, Africa Fashion Guide on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and in the interview, she was saying something about... Um, now, how can I requote her? Um, you know, it was like about every, you know, every fashion piece has um, a history and a future. And mm. um, she quoted it much better. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, her thoughts around that was just to remind people that, you know, it's coming from somewhere, but it's also going somewhere. So it's, we just think, that, okay, I've given this piece of clothing to charity and that's it, I've done my part. No, that is going to some developing country somewhere mm. and then that's going to just create more waste or it's going to impact somebody else's life in their waters or you know more rubbish piles 
and they increase more um, gases. Yeah. Um, um, so you need to think about your usage, your your buying, your consumer, your 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 you know your consumer habits and the way you use those products. Like I've decided that this year that I'm not really shopping this year. Yeah. I'm encouraging people to make clothes. Then you only use the material that you need and mm. you just make what you really need. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I think lockdown has been such a nice reset moment and is where I as an individual have just got so much more invested in the whole sustainable fashion sort of like discourse because where are you buying clothes to go to, you know? And it was just nice. Yeah. I know. (laughs) It was just such a nice opportunity to sit back and look what's actually in my wardrobe. And loads of pieces, like I ended up going through like suitcases of old clothes that I just kept aside and realizing that the pieces that I was looking to buy were sitting here all along. So I think that it's really great to see the direction which sustainable fashion is going. And obviously with you and everything that you're doing with African Fashion Guide and just all of the knowledge that you've shared in today's episode, honestly, it's just so positive. And I cannot thank you enough for coming on to the podcast today. So a huge thank you. Welcome. So that concludes the end of today's episode of Industry Insights Podcast. We really hope you enjoyed the episode. I personally love speaking with Jacqueline and getting more into sustainability. As you guys know, if you follow us across our socials, sustainability is something that we are huge about. And so we hope you've been enjoying all of our content so far. If you really did enjoy today's episode, it would massively help us out if you could leave a rating on wherever you listen to this on, whether it's on the App Store or on Google. It really does a lot for us and we're so appreciative of all of your kind words but yeah that is all we have time for today i've been darren adatossier and i will catch up with you all in our next episode bye